Welcome back to the Triple Throw Podcast. My name is Ishan Shah. Alongside me is William McZell. And we finally have made it to our top five running back rankings. If you like the content, be sure to subscribe. It means a lot to us. We're trying to put out a lot of new content. And so if you do subscribe, you'll, you'll be able to stay tuned for that. So before we get into the top five, we've gone through 33 through six. And now starting off at five, we have Nick Chubb. And what do you think about Chubb in Cleveland and pretty much the offense built around him at this point? How has he kind of benefited from that? I mean, he's an incredible runner and then bringing in a offense or a running running minded head coach and Kevin Stefanski has really been great for his career and for his individual statistics. And you just look at what Stefanski's learned being with Minnesota, being with, what's his name, the the great, uh, he's the offensive coordinator for them, um, works with uh, Shanahan, the Sam Senior, the dad for Denver. Um, really great coach there. So Nick Chubb, he's fourth in defensive yards above replacement. If you haven't listened to a lot of our podcasts or any of the previous rankings, uh, a lot of the metrics we use, defensive yards above replacement is just uh, a measure of how many more yards you get over replacement level running back. So say Nick Chubb gets seven, uh, gets 900 rushing yards and a average guy would get 500. So he's plus 400 in uh, defensive yards above replacement. He's first in defensive value above average. So that's basically talking about his offensive value to a team weighted with defensive uh, strength of schedule. So that's the most indicative stat of all. So he's the best effective runner. Uh, he's effective over 50 yards or higher. He's tied fifth in broken tackles for a guy like Nick Chubb. He's not known for that. He's still an elusive back. Uh, he's 18th in rushes, but sixth in effective yards. So he's been very effective all season despite the injury and missing games. Only one fumble. He's 20th in success rate, but success rate is basically talking about uh, whether or not you're on pace to get a first down. So on first and 10, you need a three and a half yard run to be successful. On second and eight, you need eight yards. So basically whatever you need to get a running uh, to get a first down. Um, but he's still above 50%. He's top 10 in both, res- in both rushing yards before contact and after. And he's just a great runner. He's been super effective. He's one of the top rushers in the entire league despite missing games. He's not an amazing receiving back with only 150 yards, but he still boasts a very good 94% catch rate. He's solid, he's reliable. He's not the sexiest or flashiest player, but he gets the job done. And boy, he deserves to be in the top five. He was great last year too, but I feel like he's taken a leap into that top five status. And with Kevin Stefanski there and the offense built more around him and Kareem Hunt, who we, did, who we discussed in a previous video as a very good receiving back, I think that that kind of eased, eased uh, Chubb's load and it kind of, it, his running ability and his talent as a runner was able to be sh- showcased more in Cleveland's offense. And with how inconsistent Baker Mayfield is, and with all the problems surrounding Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, Nick Chubb has been the stalwart. He's been the consistent guy, and he's been getting it done for Cleveland. Yeah, and they've had a pretty difficult schedule as well. So being seventh in the NFL in rushing yards, despite only playing 11 games, I mean, that is impressive. And then 5.4 yards per attempt, 11 touchdowns. Those are crazy numbers. He is effective. He is efficient. He does it before contact, does it after. He is a complete package running back. And another example of why 
getting a nice running back in the second round usually pays out. You look at these guys, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, there are some stud to fall in the second round. Derek Henry, we'll get to him soon. I mean, Dalvin Cook fell in the second round. Like a lot of these really stud yeah. running backs, for some reason, fall to the second round. And, I mean, although you only might want them for the rookie contract, they'll be incredible for that entire duration. Yeah. And just looking at his game log here, he played – he's played Baltimore twice. He's played Washington. He – I don't think – actually, he has not played Pittsburgh. He was injured both games. But he's played a multitude of other good defenses. And Jets and Giants his, have good defensive lines. Yeah, they do. And he was still able to showcase his ability there. His biggest game – his biggest games were against some weaker defenses. But against Washington, who has, in our opinion, probably the best front seven in the league, they won that game – 108 yards, 5.7 yards per attempt, and two touchdowns. So he's really been able to show his ability as an elite runner, even against good defenses. His first games back, all over 114 yards, all over 5.7 yards per carry. I mean, you might be a little concerned with his last two games against the Giants and Jets. Uh, 26 carries for 78 yards and three yards per attempt. Not great numbers, but still a touchdown both of those games. Not ineffective. I mean, solid overall. I mean, he's a great runner. He deserves some respect. And I don't, it's clearly not the system that's helping him because he's been great in every year he's played. He's just been a great running back. I think he's solid. He's just, he deserves respect. Mm -hmm. Now, moving on to a guy that some people have in the top two or even at number one, which I don't really agree with. I think this is an accurate position. But Derrick Henry, He's led the NFL in rushing two years now. He could, it's unlikely, but he could break 2K in his last game. Tell me about Derrick Henry and how important he is to Tennessee because as good as Tannehill has been, as good as Corey Davis and A.J. Brown have been, he is the heartbeat of this offense, and the offense runs through Derrick Henry. You say it's unlikely, but he only needs 223, and he's gone over 200 twice in his career. Who are they playing this week, Uh uh, is playing. They're playing what? Indy. Yeah, that's gonna. Oh no, they're playing Houston. Oh, they're playing Houston. Oh, they could easily easily do that. Yeah, that could that could that he could. He had two hundred last time. <laughs> so, let's talk about Derrick Henry because he is an absolute monster. When the analytic people try and tell you that running back is not a valuable position and that running back doesn't have a big impact on offensive scoring, or at least a above average one, like an average one doesn't. Derrick Henry is an outlier because that entire offense is predicated on Derrick Henry. The passing game is built on the run game, and we saw that with the Green Bay game. Very effective. I mean, it wasn't very effective running. I mean, he was still effective running the ball, but they weren't able to, to establish the running game, and that just really hurt their offense. They were the number one ranked offense in the league. He's first in defensive yards above, above replacement. Second and first on 89. For context, third has 59. He's fourth in success rate, second in broken tackles, only one fumble all season. He's got more effect, uh, more effective yards than his actual stats, 100 yards more than a he should have. So he's been really effective with the ball. One problem about today is he needs a head of steam ahead of him so he can get stopped by the scrimmage. It's either a two-yard game or a 10-yard game with him. It, he's just really impressive. You cannot stop him. He is an absolute monster in the running game, and he will just destroy you for a living. He is a... He's a thug on the field. Like, he is just absolutely monstrous. So, look at his receiving game. Not great. 61% catch completion, only 114 yards. That's not his strong suit. 
he really thrives getting upfield, getting past contact, and he's got breakaway speed that surprises a lot of people. He is an absolute stud. He's a monster. But one thing you have to look at when talking about him is receiving is not his forte. He is there's just a non-factor on his offense. And when you look at the guys ahead of him, they are all exponentially better receivers. And the rushing ability, while it's not close to Derrick Henry, it's not too far behind. And they all have similarly important roles into their offense. All of them are pretty much just as used. I think what Derrick Henry is, is a playoff nightmare. Because in the cold, you don't want to get hit by Derrick Henry. I mean, that seems like one of those least desirable things on earth. It's like taking a charge on Zion. Even worse, because you're cold. Like, whenever like, you jam your ba- your finger playing basketball when it's cold, like, that hurts so much more than just any other time. Yeah. The, the cold, that's a whole other element. I, I want to see some, like, physics team, like, sports science from ESPN. I want them to have, like, Derrick Henry just, like, go full speed at, like, a testing dummy and see the velocity acceleration. Because when Zion did that, they compared it to a Jeep, which is a pretty pretty decently heavy car, going at 12.5 miles per hour. So I want to see what Derrick Henry's would be. Because he's a big dude. It might be a Hummer at that point. <laughs> he's a big dude. He is a strong dude. And once he gets it going... Once he accelerates, once he reaches that top end speed, it is hard to stop him. Like he manhandled Earl Thomas out of Baltimore. And um, uh, the uh, oh, Carolina guy that went to Buffalo, Josh Norman, he kills yeah. a lot. He kills a lot. He's, he's the ender of careers. Like yeah. we have not heard from Earl Thomas. I mean, I know it's not related because he's a bad person. He got, left, he got cut because of that, but. Anyways, we can attribute that to the Derrick Henry stiff arm. But you said you agreed with me having met four. Why do you think that he's not the number one running back in the league, as so many people would say? I think that, I think, as you said, receiving is such an important thing for me. And the next three guys that we have, especially two and one, are a lot more dual threat running backs. And then I feel like the guy that we have at number three, he's had a little bit less volume, but he's still been efficient. And I think that his style of play is a little bit more sustainable. And I think that being a downhill runner, I don't know how long that's going to be able to last. And I know that a lot of people said that last year, and he proves them wrong this year. But I think that the way that um, our third guy, the way that our third guy plays is a little bit more sustainable. And I'd rather have him on a team than Derrick Henry. Well, that's no knock on Henry because Henry, I would love to have Derrick Henry on my team. 5.2 5.2 yards attempt, 1,700 yards and 15 touchdowns. He has been ridiculous all season. But then you look, he's had some down games when he played Pittsburgh, a great defensive line, 20 rushes for 75 yards, Buffalo 19 for 57, and uh, against Cleveland 15 for 60. So he also can dominate against a lot of good teams. Baltimore set 28 for 133. So it's not like he can't run against good teams, but you look, I really would have expected a lot better game against Green Bay who have not had a good run D they should he should have easily had 150 yards that game I think the problem is they weren't able to establish the run game early enough to be able to be effective and they just had to chase a big lead the entire time so maybe that's not all down to Derrick Henry but they should have established the run game a bit earlier because he has the ability to do that a cold game against a bad run D should have been a Derrick Henry feast but turned out to be more of a famine still 98 yards I mean that's nothing that's me. For any other running back, that's a great game. For Derrick Henry, it's pretty yeah. bad. 
And that's that says a lot about Henry. And I think this playoffs, Tennessee looks like a legit contender. I don't think that they'll make it out with Kansas City, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh. But they could make a run, and they could de- they could definitely pull off an upset like they did last year. So I'm excited to see Henry go up against you know Chris Jones, T.J. Watt, and then the Bills defense too. So mm-hmm. moving on, we have Dalvin Cook at three from Minnesota. He missed a couple games, but in the games that he was playing, he was probably he was one of the more he was one of the most efficient running backs. He was able to get it done on the ground and even in the air too. So tell me about Dalvin Cook because Minnesota definitely had a down year, but Dalvin Cook did not show any signs of slowing down. Just like um, Tennessee, this offense lives or dies by Dalvin Cook. I mean, you look at the way the offenses, the two offenses are constructed. They're quite similar in nature. You've got two two really solid receivers. You play a lot of those just two receiver sets, either 12 personnel or 21. And you look at how effective they are. They got one great running back, a pass, uh, play action efficient quarterback. Tannehill is obviously better than Cousins. Two stud receivers, and then a running back the whole game's predicated on. They used a lot of his ability to generate play action. They're both two of the top three teams in play action. Both of these teams really rely on their running back to be able to do most of the carry. He's second in defensive yard for replacement, right behind Derrick Henry, and not far off. He's first in first downs. And I, I find first downs to be one of the most effective metrics because, one, either you set up a great first down to give yourself an opportunity or an easy opportunity, and with Minnesota, he's clearly the one doing that. He's the one setting up those second shorts, the third and shorts. There's not a lot of short receiving game or the play action set it up. He's first in broken tackles. Um, oh, just for context, how crazy that 91 is. I said it with Derrick Henry, but fifth has 59 first downs. He has 91. Like, that is ridiculous how much more first downs he has than any other player. Like, even if he just had second and one to the whole season, that's still impressive. He, in receiving ability, he's second just behind Jonathan Taylor at 10.1 yards after catch per reception. Like he is a capable running, uh, a capable runner, or a capable receiver, just as he is a capable runner. His ability to get out in space, his breakaway elusiveness, he is just a great player. You saw in the New Orleans game, if it wasn't for a huge lead, he was he was lethal, both in the playoffs and against us last week. He has been absolutely dominant because even though that's the top three defensive line for running in the entire NFL, or just a top three defensive line, period, he's thrived. Look at his last couple of games. He has played three top defensive lines, Tampa Bay, Chicago, New Orleans. In those games against Tampa, 22 for 102 and 4.6 yards per carry. Even though they were losing, he still was dominant. Against Chicago, despite a loss, 24 carries, 135 yards, 5.5 per, and a touchdown. He had a touchdown against Tampa Bay, too. Against New Orleans, 4.8 4.8 per rush, 15 rushes for 73 yards. Should have been more if they just got down too early, or they didn't get down early. They kind of got blown out late, but there's not an opportunity for him to thrive and a touchdown. Three touchdowns against three of the top defenses in the league. He can do it against anybody, and he is just dominant. He hasn't had a lot of those down games. His worst game this season is probably 18 for 61 against Carolina. That's his worst game all season. Other than that, he's been dominant. He's got the rushing ability to go off like Derrick Henry, 22 for two assists against Detroit, 22 for 181 against Tennessee. So he has been a lethal back all season, five yards of attempt. I mean, just, if, you're, if you're close to that five yards per carry mark, you are an elite running back. He is the entire reason this offense has been competent this season. He has been absolutely incredible. 
if anyone doesn't have him as top three, I, I don't know what film they're watching because he has been absolutely incredible. He is a stud. He is by far, if you look at PFS rankings, they have three guys in the top, t- top three by a mile. And Dalvin Cook has cemented himself in that status. He has been just electric all over the field. So what, what do you think about Dalvin Cook? Yeah, I think I haven't been watching too much Minnesota. I'm obviously not able to with my TV package. But when Minnesota played Atlanta, Dalvin Cook was out. And I remember everyone was betting on Alexander Madison, the backup, to come in. Atlanta's defense sucks. And he's just going to put on 150-yard, two-touchdown show. All the fantasy owners were loving Madison. But without cooking that offense, they fell apart. Justin Jefferson did his thing in that game. He had some good highlight plays, but they got blown out. Their offense couldn't really get anything going until the third or fourth quarter when it was already too late. And it really shows that Cook is the heartbeat of this offense. And without him, you this team, which is already not great, really, really kind of like just goes into garbage because he is so impactful and he is one of the best running backs this year. And I think that, is there an argument to have him at one? I think there is. I think that all got ruined last Christmas or this Christmas. I think I probably would have had him over, uh, obviously, Kamara's ahead of him. I don't think that's any surprise for anyone. But I think that I probably would have had Cook right above Kamara going into the Christmas Day game. But I think that, one, as a Saints fan, and two, I think all of us saw Kamara was like, okay. If he gets his usage, he is the best running back. I don't think there's a question anymore. Yeah. And then you look how impressive it is. His offensive line is not good. He's got – his inside of the offensive line is just not good at all. You've got a rookie, Ezra Cleveland, shifted over to right guard from tackle. Dakota Dozier at right guard – or left guard. And then James Brad – Garrett Bradbury up the middle. Young – two young guys, one vet. The vet's the even worse than the, than the two young guys. Their tackles aren't great. You've got Brian O'Neill, and then you've got, I don't even know, Rashad Hill. Not a good offensive line, and he's still been able to be incredibly effective. And I, I love what you mentioned. Even a running back has been able to have the same opportunities as, as, as Dalvin Cook and was not able to do even a quarter of what Cook was able to do. So that just tells you. Probably, like, he was in a great situation, too, playing against Atlanta's defense. Any running back should be able to feast on that. Yeah, really should. And that just shows you why he has 334 yards uh, above replacement. Because what was, done, what was Madison? A replacement level running back. And what happened? Nothing. So, yeah. Dalvin Cook is a monster. He's a stud. Yeah. So, moving on, we have a guy that has not really played too much this season. But we know how talented he is. At the beginning of the season, before his injury, we probably would have had him at number one. And that's Christian McCaffrey. What does he bring to the table, and how will he gel with Teddy Bridgewater? Because they haven't played too many games together, but I think that's a better fit than Cam. Well, the interesting thing with, with uh, Chris McCaffrey, I think they're 0-3 with him this season, which is quite surprising of how well he's done those games. So you can, you can question how much he impacts winning. But last season, 1,000 yards rushing and receiving. That is ridiculous. That is just absolutely insane. He is a workhorse back, rushing it and receiving it. He will get 10-plus touches, both on the ground and in the air. What he can do, I mean, 
he has not had injuries before the season on that incredible workload. And I don't know how much of the season has just been Matt Rule sitting him down, not letting him play, because I know Christian McCaffrey would be on the field every game if it was his choice. So I don't know how much to make of his health this season. I don't, I wouldn't put as much stock into it as I would to someone like Saquon Barkley, who's had more, uh, more of a track record and relies more on his athleticism than McCaffrey does. But McCaffrey's a sneaky athlete. I think that he proved, I mean, none of his injuries have been major. It's a shoulder injury, uh, a ankle injury, which he, he came back from an ankle injury and was incredible against the Chiefs. He had the shoulder injury, and then he just got sat down after the year. I don't know how legit the hamstring injury was, but I can't imagine it was anything too serious because, I mean, he was practicing all week and was like, oh, we have this mysterious hamstring injury. We're just going to sit down for the rest of the season. So I don't, I don't know what to make of any of that, but I know what I can make of his 2019 stats, and they were incredible. He was fourth in attempts, third in yards. You always want to see someone with more yards than attempts because that just shows efficiency. He was eighth in first downs, third in yards before contact, 37th in yards after contact, a little bit of a concern for him. Uh, obviously, I prefer the yards after contact than before, but he's elusive. He's tricky. Uh, cl clearly, he was. He was able to get out before contact and just be effective. He could run inside the tackles. He can run outside the tackles. He was fifth in DVOA, second in defensive yard replacement. 4.8 yards per carry, 34 total touchdowns, so just ridiculous numbers. Second in the entire NFL in receptions, only behind Michael Thomas, who had the greatest receiver season, maybe of all time, 149 catches. I mean, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. That's the only guy he was behind, and he's a yeah. running back. That is just that's insane. Impressive. He was first in receiving touch, uh, receiving first downs of any player of any running back at 58. Six in yards after the catch per reception. Second in broken tackles. In 2020, uh, he had the same number of touches per game, but 25 less total yards per game. But keep in mind, he was at 125 yards per game. Two touchdowns a game, six touchdowns in three games. He was only 13th in DVOA and 19th in PFF rankings, but he was still effective. He was still efficient. Uh, you just worry about how he hasn't been on a successful team despite being such a great player. So one, that just shows you running back is not everything. Because mm -hmm. if you can do what CMC is doing and you're still not a good team, I mean, I don't know what to, what it takes for you to win a game because it's he's been electric. So I think that CMC is a great player. He was my number one running back. I have since taken that back for who we will get into next. But what are your thoughts on CMC? Because I know you have a lot. Yeah, as a, as a fan who, like you, has to see him play and torch our defenses two games out of the season, I can tell that he is valid and he is a legit talent. The amount of the amount of impact that he can have on the rushing and receiving end is just immense. But I think that with Teddy Bridgewater in a more consistent quarterback situation next year, I'm just under the assumption that everything kind of remains intact and they don't go out and draft Fields or Wilson. I think that McCaffrey's efficiency will increase, number one. And I think, number two, with the right quarterback, he can lead his team to wins, and he can be an integral member of winning football. Because just being a running back on a bad team that gets a lot of touches does not constitute winning. And I'm not saying that he's like that. I know he's very efficient, and he gets a lot done with his touches. But remember... The surrounding talent is just as important too. So now that he has surrounding talent, I think that 
we'll be able to see that these stats aren't just empty, that these stats actually lead teams to win. Like a good comparison in my eyes is Trey Young. Last year, he put up some crazy stats, stats that we've never seen before, but Atlanta was god-awful. But now that he has a right amount of talent to supplement him, he's putting up even better stats. He's more efficient. And Atlanta just blew out Brooklyn. I makes me happy. That was a great analogy. I knew you'd bring that up somehow. <laughs> so now we have reached our number one running back. I hate the Saints. I really, really hate the Saints with a burning passion. But I really love Kamara and what he brings to the table. He does everything. I know last year was a bit of a down year. I had him on he my fantasy. He was playing on a toward meniscus the entire season. So it was I know, I know. Three. I know, okay, a down year as in injuries. Yeah, I had him as I had him on my fantasy team, so he didn't really pan out, but <laughs> that's cool. I had Saquon in my other league, so I kind of got double whammied. Yeah. But um, he this season, he came back, and he's really shown how talented he is. As Breeze was getting older, as Michael Thomas dealt with his own injury problems, he really took over the offense, and he showed himself to be an elite rusher and – most importantly, an elite receiver, 756 receiving yards, which is unheard of because we were calling guys with 300 to 350 yard receiving just on the season, elite receivers. And this man comes in with 756. So tell me about, is he your favorite player right now? Uh, not right now. <laughs> We're getting GoFan jeopardizing our playoff chances, but. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah. If you asked me a week ago, I would have said, yeah. <laughs> On Christmas Day, yes, he was your favorite player. Yeah, but two things to quickly talk about before we get into just how ridiculous the stats have been. First of all, I mean, ranking the two through four were, were so hard. They were pretty much all even. Like, I could have given – at one point, I had Derrick Henry at, at two and Chris McCaffrey at four. At one point, I had Cook at one. Like, it was really hard ranking. All right, that was before the Christmas Day game. But since Christmas Day, I have been flip-flopping two through four the entire time. But – Number one is stay consistent. It's been Alvin Kamara. He's only had one bad year. Like, every year he's been elite. He's been all pro level. He's been pro bowl level, except for 2019, where he played 90% of the season on a partially torn, like, meniscus or MCL. Like, that I don't is know. really how, painful. How do you play through that? And you could clearly see he was lacking that explosion, that ability to make people miss, to put his foot in the ground, just, like, shrug people off. Like, it was effortless. It, he was looking like he had to work last season. This season, he's gotten healthy, and he's gliding again. He makes playing the running back position look so effortless. And he's one of those guys that you don't want to – like, you, you will pay him as a running back because he's so much more to an offense than that. And especially with this contract, it's, it's fairly – it's a good contract because a lot of it is backloaded. The back is not guaranteed. So he's guaranteed, like, $8 million, $9 million a year – per season up until that last year, which is like 20 million, which is all non-guaranteed. So a good contract for him. And then let's just get into how ridiculous he's been because he's been a top five running back rushing the ball. And he's been yeah. the, by far away the best receiver. So mm-hmm. let's just start off with that rushing ability. 21 total touchdowns. He's third in defensive yards above replacement. Granted, he's only on 900 yards. Compare that to guys like Derrick Henry, who's at 1,700 that is incredibly impressive that he's only what? Uh, he's only 100 yards behind Derrick Henry, despite having half the yards pretty much. Yeah. And he's behind only, he's only like 60, 70 behind Dalvin Cook, who has about a couple hundred more yards than him. 
He's second in defensive value above uh, average, only behind uh, Nick Chubb. That is incredibly impressive. He's tied fifth in broken tackles, and he has had just a ridiculous season. I think he's got 16 touchdowns for rushing. He's been able to go up. He's the best runner going outside the tackles, and he's been a great runner going up the middle. There's no weakness to his running game. He has been effective on all fronts, and he just has the ability to make some a player miss or just shrug off tackles like no other running back has ever done. I mean, what he does to defenders is just disgraceful. Look at He made Minnesota look like a Pop Warner defense last week. I mean, 153 yeah. yards, six touchdowns. I mean, incredible numbers. Six rushing touchdowns, too. Yeah. I, mean, I thought it was like, I thought it was like maybe three receiving touchdowns, three rushing, but that, I, that actually caught me off guard more than anything. Yeah. And then receiving ability, just absolutely incredible. 756 yards. Second is J.D. McKissick with like 500. He's fourth in yards after catch per reception at 8.8, but he is the only player in the top four in average uh, in yards after catch that has a positive uh, average depth of throw, which means he's being targeted down the field. He's not being targeted 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage and then just going forward and getting fake yards off his uh, uh, fake yards after uh, after catch. Like these are real yards, and he. he he, if we, if you just took out the average at the throw, we just encountered that into his uh, yards after catch. He'd be first. He's first at receiving DVOA. He's got 16 broken tackles, 34 first downs, most in the NFL, and he's first in receiving touchdowns. He is first in pretty much every category as a rusher. I mean, just to be able to be that diverse, that useful to an offense, and been able to make the Saints' offense relevant despite key injuries to Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm as I said, had one of the best receiving seasons of all time last season. Drew yeah. Brees, uh, injuries to guys like, we've seen injuries to Andrews, Pete, Toronto's missed a couple games, and then Cesar Reese has been bad. Like, they've had two bad guards and he's still been effective. They've missed Emmanuel Sanders for two games because of COVID, then lost Marquez Callaway, and this offense has stayed afloat as a top 10 offense in the league, and that is purely because of Alvin Kamara and his ability. One concern you'd say, is he's not great on third down as a receiver because Sean Payton loves to throw him the ball three yards behind the line of scrimmage and just make him do something, and he just can't do that because, I mean, it's third and ten. Why are you throwing a screenplay? Try and do something creative. It never works. It hasn't worked. They do it every week. It bothers me every time. But other than that, Alvin Kamara is absolutely incredible. And after Christmas Day, I don't think I'll be getting any Aaron Rodgers-type comments about me being crazy or just absolutely wrong with him. So. Whoa, 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 whoa. Derek Carr comments? <laughs> yeah, but if you guys agree with me, I mean, go ahead. Leave it in the comments below. I mean, I like interacting with, with the comments. I mean, I'm, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I mean, I'm not always right. I mean, I said Derek Carr, uh, I saw, I said Jones Herbert was going to be a second round pick, 33 overall. I mean, I, I thought it was going to be a first round pick, but I didn't think he was worth the sixth pick. I think him like a D. Like, I'm clearly not right on everything. I mean, for every Patrick Holmes take I have, I got Justin Herbert. So uh, take it with a grain of salt, everything I rank. But I think Alvin Kamara right now is proven to be the number one back. Because if he had the usage like Derrick Henry or CMC, he would be ridiculous. He does all this on pretty low usage, right? He has got a high usage rate comparably, but compared to all these other guys, his usage rate is probably one of the lowest because there's so much other offensive firepower on that team. Yeah. 
I think as a guy that has to see Kamara two times a year, he's really he's really grown as a player despite being an all-pro level player in his rookie year. And his ability to run the ball and then, you know, be effective in the air kind of sets a tone for what a modern NFL running back is trending towards. You have guys like Kamara, McCaffrey, and Cook for every Derrick Henry because these big powerful runners don't always pan out. And it's more guys that can do it all, dual threat type guys. So even Saquon Barkley, that's why he was drafted so high because his receiving ability. Christian McCaffrey, his ability to do everything from rushing to receiving to even returning. And that's why he was drafted at eight. Eight. Yeah. And Leonard Fournette, I just don't know. I, I don't know. But um, the rest, I think. I think Kamara McCaffrey are really the epitome of the modern NFL running back. And I think if we do this again next year, we'll see a lot more dual threat guys in the top 15. We can see guys like Austin Eckler rise. And if Seguin Barkley comes back healthy and proves us wrong, we could see him come back into the top seven. So that concludes our running back rankings. I hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to subscribe, like, and remember, leave your thoughts and comments below. We'd love to talk to you guys. Comment interactions are some of the most fun interactions that we've had with our fans and supporters. So please feel free to do that and have a happy, happy new year. 2021 is finally upon us and stay tuned for receivers.